0: Welcome, everybody, to Connecting the Universe. I'm author and researcher Mike Ricksecker back with you this evening, one night only. Well, one night only for the next two weeks. I'm going to be back in two weeks, uh, just kind of the way the schedule has been. So take note of that right off. Again, we're still on our other every other week schedule right now through September as I've been doing a lot of traveling I'm trying to get as much out to you. Uh, Connected Universe Portal members as I can. Yesterday I uploaded a morning mug video. Of course the monthly Q&A uh, was posted last week and so uh, interspersing with some other things here. Also that uh, new preview from the uh, Shadow Dimension, a little sneak peek behind the scenes stuff. And uh, and there is Jennifer LeBay as well. Great to see you Jen <laughs> as always. Um, all right so Uh, For those that are listening to the podcast version later, when I'm talking about the Connected Universe Portal, you too can join us here live every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Be part of the interactive class. Ask your questions. Become part of the show. Watch the full presentation. Uh, And, of course, you have all the other wonderful uh, material on the back end, all the videos. You got the, uh, the full Egypt, Ireland, American Southwest, travel blogs. You got all the monthly Q and A videos, the behind the scenes footage, the sneak peeks, all the articles, all that wonderful stuff, connecteduniverseportal.com. All right. So let's go ahead and get into our topic for this evening, which is ultra terrestrials and shadow people. So I did post the question here. uh, Have you witnessed something that was interdimensional? And if so, what was it, which may have been a little hard for people to to answer because the question is, okay, well, what exactly is something that's interdimensional, which is something we're going to get into uh, this evening? I believe I have a couple of different times have witnessed something interdimensional. I'm going to talk about one of those instances this evening as we go along. But first, let's go ahead and just define what an ultra terrestrial is and I did kind of briefly cover this in the last class that we had when we were talking about UFO hotspots. At the very end we we talked about uh, ultra terrestrials and you know that some of these UFO sightings may actually be them. So okay, question is then what is an ultra terrestrial? Not extra ultra. Okay, so basically an ultra terrestrial this is a superior non human entity of natural or supernatural origin that is indigenous to planet Earth, something that is from here, our planet. Ultraterrestrials are beings who come from beyond the realm of human experience altogether, whether from a parallel universe, alternate dimension, or another plane of reality intersecting with our own. So basically, our idea of an interdimensional being. You know, we, ultra-terrestrial is really a term John Keel came up with um, back in the 60s. He's the one that did the uh, the Mothman prophecies and a lot of early work, you know, along with others like Jacques Vallée, J. Allen Heinick, all those guys from back in the day. We don't really use the term ultra-terrestrial so much anymore, though it's kind of making a little bit of a comeback. We usually say something like interdimensional being, but there are some caveats when we talk about um, when we talk about ultra terrestrials. So first though, uh, when we talk about dimensions, okay. Um, when we talk about, uh, kind of, uh, well, we'll, we'll talk about the multiverse for a moment. And, uh, basically theoretically there are up to 11 dimensions. I'm sorry. I kind of pause there for a second. There's, a again, a slide that's missing. Uh, but theoretically, they're up to 11 dimensions. There may be other beings and entities living within these dimensions. Of course, the question becomes, how would they look to us if they crossed over into our plane of existence? So uh, we've kind of reviewed a little bit of this before, the ANITA project and also the Ice Cube project down in Antarctica. So a scientific paper that was just published, Uh, Earlier this year, but it follows up on on research that had been done years ago and information that was released, you know, across the internet, more tabloid-esque type news sources. And so the mainstream news sources kind of like, they basically just slammed it. Um, The idea of this parallel universe running in reverse time. but Then there was this paper scientific uh, scientific paper, peer-reviewed journal about the findings of the ANITA project, an ice cube project. Uh, and basically they detected evidence of high energy neutrinos coming up out of the Earth's surface without a source, which it's not supposed to be able to do. This led some scientists to believe that this may be some of our first scientific evidence that there is a parallel universe to ours running in reverse time. So then, that leads the question: Are some of the strange things that we see and witness beings from this parallel universe? Are these the ultra-terrestrials? Are they coming from you know, this, whatever you want to call it, dimension, parallel universe, something that is not our everyday reality? You got to keep in mind when we talk about uh, you know these other dimensions. You know, we're we're talking about. Um, something that we don't normally experience, sure, but we're limited as far as human beings, as far as what we can see, sense, touch, all of that. You know, you just take the difference between us and a cat and us and a dog. They can see and hear things we can't. So that doesn't mean they're ultra-terrestrials or, or anything like that. Um, but there are other things going on in our world that we as humans can't pick up on. And so we've kind of talked about a little bit of that before. When we've talked about, you know, certainly with things that we can see. Because we can only see into a certain range of the light spectrum. So, you know, those moments where we see like a shadow person or we see a ghost. Or we see something strange like a shimmer person or, or whatever. Um, It's like whatever that is, is somehow, some way, we don't really understand what the catalyst is, bleeding into our our range of vision for just a moment. And then it goes away. And personally, I believe this has to do with uh, personal resonance, frequency, vibration. And when things start to resonate at the same frequency for just a moment, we start to see some of these things. So... All right. Let's talk about um, types of ultra terrestrial. So basically, what we've what we've done we've defined that okay, this is something that's here on Earth. Uh, now, when it comes to uh, ETs, you know the difference between extraterrestrial and ultra terrestrial. Extraterrestrial is something that is not originally from Earth. Now, could an extraterrestrial travel here interdimensionally? Sure, if they had that technology and they knew how they could travel here through some other dimension. So that would make them an interdimensional being, but still an extraterrestrial, which is the caveat that I was talking about before. So an ultra terrestrial, while it's something that's going to be interdimensional from another plane of existence, that plane of existence is still here on earth. It's not outside of earth. So, um just taking a look at the comments down here, see if you guys have any questions yet. Um, talk about watch parties. Yeah, we had the uh, the Ancient Aliens watch party back in March. That was fun. Absolutely. So, all right. So, types of ultra-terrestrials. So, these could really be a lot of different things. Um, it could be uh, some sort of... Uh, Ghost, cryptid, fairies, shadow people, all these sorts of things. Um, things that we might detect as, see, I don't want to say extraterrestrial, because again, extraterrestrial is something that is not from this earth. But things that we believe may be ET phenomena, that may be extraterrestrial phenomena, may actually be here, something on earth. You know, they may be uh, something that is indigenous to our planet that we relate to being because it kind of looks like that or it, um, you know, it adheres to the stories that we're familiar with when it comes to ET activity. You know, Even, you know, some of these craft, UAPs, UFOs uh, that we see in the sky and you know, kind of flitting about and those sorts of things, they may not actually be from another planet. They could be actually from this planet entering in maybe through some sort of portal. Uh, Or perhaps, you know, they have a technology that's able to help them cross dimensions. Um, But again, if it's outside this planet traveling interdimensionally, that would still make it an extraterrestrial. So, but um, let's take a look at the multiverse real quick and where this would come into play when we're talking about... um, Interdimensional beings, because mention Anita Project, parallel universes, and again, we kind of have to. And we do this as humans; we kind of compartmentalize and, and and that sort of thing. So, if there is a multiverse, now just the idea with this Anita Project and there being this possible parallel universe running in reverse time, that would that would automatically mean okay, multiverse because there's more than one. Um, but if we live in a multiverse with a number of different bubble universes, we've talked about this in the past, and it's part of uh, Michio Kaku's work with parallel worlds, then they may be using some sort of interdimensional travel or even a wormhole to travel and use from another uh, universe entirely. So that would make it... That's a, and that's a good question. What would that make it? So it wouldn't be ultra terrestrial, and I, I suppose it would still be a type of uh, extraterrestrial, but kind of even more so because now you're coming from a whole other universe. So some sort of extra universal extraterrestrial, <laughs> right? Um, but there is the idea that we could connect the universes with uh, you know various wormholes and things like that from one to the other, or is there a way to do that through whatever they're discovering down there with the ANITA project? Yeah. Um, but basically, when we're talking the multiverse, it's not what we're talking here with ultra terrestrials. Okay, so no extraterrestrials, no multiverse, everything is here on Earth. That's why I wanted to bring that up. So I'm not going to get into all the details of the multiverse like we did before. Um, always go back to the multiverse class and, and pick up on those sorts of things. So um, yeah, interterrestrial, I, I don't know. <laughs> there, there's gotta be a term for it somewhere. Um, all right, I mentioned this is gonna be ultra terrestrials and shadow people. Yeah, we're gonna go back and forth between the two a bit. So I mentioned earlier that I've had run-ins experiences uh, with something that you would consider interdimensional. And the question becomes, okay, it's interdimensional. Was it from here or was it from somewhere else? It's still a little vague. Um, now, most of you are familiar with the story of my first shadow person experience. Woke up in the middle of the night. This thing was standing in the uh, corner of my room. Did the bizarre thing of, of coming up to me in bed, leaning over across my arms, across my body, and running off down the hall. For years, I had no idea what this thing was now at first of course i never th- it wasn't even thinking shadow person because at eight years old you have no idea what a shadow person is i was thinking there was an intruder in the house trying to kill me that sort of thing um but after it ran off down the hall um and, and there was obviously no break into the house it, it did have me wondering you know, my parents are trying to call me down to console me oh you just had a bad dream no 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 no. i saw this thing H- had me wondering what in the world i had just experienced so fast forward some years and I've been, um, you know, speaking about shadow people and, you know, of course, now I have a book, A Walk in the Shadows, Complete Guide to Shadow People. Uh, I've had a number of different theories over the years. People I've talked to had suggestions of different things or type of entities it may have been. You know, maybe it um, you know, thought that I was the whole crossing the arms. Maybe it thought I was dead, putting me in a burial pose, like something out of ancient Egypt with a crook and flail, all these different sorts of things. Last year, I went through a hypnosis session with Ariana Corsino, which is going to be part of Shadow Dimension Season 2. You guys that uh, have the access to Connect the Universe Portal, you've already seen a clip of that, my hypnosis session. And basically what we got out of that between all the back and forth was that this thing was from what it called another space. Yeah, you know The question was, where are you from? I'm from another space was the response. Do you mean another dimension? And the response was, you may call it another dimension, but really, it's another space. Now, it still did not define whether it was from Earth or not. Um, so there's the Possibility here that this could still be something that was from this world, that was actually from Earth. Now, I've given the presentation before, you know, UFO Mega Conference last year, um, and I, I included as a as a small bit for the uh, uh, presentation that I do at paranormal conferences you know, the possibility that some of these shadow entities are actually extraterrestrials. There is that possibility um, that these things are actually from another world. Maybe they're using some sort of cloaking device and it comes off as a shadow because they don't fully understand the physiology of our eyes. Uh, They could be traveling, again, interdimensionally from uh, another planet. They could be projecting their consciousness here. These sorts of things. But we don't know that for sure with this thing that I saw in my room. It leaves open the possibility... Sure, could be an extraterrestrial, uh, or it could be something of this Earth. And you know, originally when we we're going down the route of okay, you know, baby was putting me into a burial pose and that sort of thing. Obviously, you know, the idea is something of this Earth. Uh, you know, some sort of entity that that dwells here. But when we talk about another space, that opens up a lot of different possibilities. And, you know, whether that's extraterrestrial or ultra-terrestrial. And there's a lot of different, and we go down this with uh, with shadow people. Because I get asked, okay, you know, what is a shadow person? And it's like, okay, do you have, you know, at least an hour? Because that's, you know, usually the time that I'm giving, uh, given for a presentation on that. Which really my presentation could take an hour and a half. Um, those that have done the, uh, shadow entities online course know that that is uh, a few hours long. So it's got some, uh, it's got some breath and time to it. When we did the, uh, unveiling the shadows, um, workshop, you know, that was a couple hours and we ran over. It. So, uh, it, it, it's a lot, you know, it's not just one thing. And so ultra terrestrial is kind of the same thing. So, um, you know, they could even be, you know, time travelers, you know, a, they, you know, somebody or something from another point in time that has figured out time travel to come back to now. And it could be, they could even have originated from the past and they're coming to now, or they could be in the future coming back. And, um, you know, that's, a. Theory that it uh, seems like a lot of people are are latching onto now, where they're saying, you know, these you know UFOs. When, when they talk about UFOs, UIPs, that um, you know that they're not extraterrestrials, that they're more ultra-terrestrials, and they are actually us from another point in time. Then you have the idea of of astral projections, and you know this is one that I bring up with when we talk about. Uh, you know, shadow entities when, uh, you know, somebody asks or projects into, say, another person's home or, you know, another person's room. And I always give like a nice example of, okay, take a grandmother who lives, you know, 500 miles away from her daughter or her grandchild. And, you know, it's it's difficult for her to travel, but she knows how to or project. And she's there at night uh, in bed and it's like, I want to go and, you know, look in on my, uh my daughter or my granddaughter and comes into the house, uh, you know, projects into the house. If, say, her daughter and, and granddaughter were sleeping at the time and they wake up, how might they see the grandmother's energy? You know, it's it's consciousness. It's It's, you know, it's energy that has been projected into that room. Would that come off as a shadow? Would that come off as some people report seeing a shimmer type person? Might it even look like an apparition? You know, it, it could look like these sorts of things. And so when it comes to something like an ultra now what's interesting is in that case, would it actually be an ultra Because it's somebody that's living right now in our plane of existence, but they've used a different mode of travel to be able to project themselves over there. So... I don't know, in, in inter-ultraterrestrial. <laughs> but um, if you take somebody or some other being in another dimension on our planet that knows how to project themselves out from themselves, their energy, their consciousness out from themselves and knows how to do that across dimensional planes, then that could be some of the things that we are seeing and witnessing, again, an ultra-terrestrial. Uh, then we have light beings, and, um, you know, it's it's really, in, in a lot of these cases, it almost sounds repetitive, but, um, you know, but it's entirely possible, you know, with a light being, you know, this is somebody that, uh, generally, we, when we talk about light beings, we usually think about, like, angels and things like that, right? Um, but where do those beings that we relate to light beings or angels or, or what have you where do they actually live where do they reside we're kind of used to thinking about oh we go up you know it, they're from up there right well what is up there you know is is it really out in the cosmos somewhere um is it beyond the cosmos you know or is it another plane of existence on our planet that we just can't see and it's all around us. And I've, I've said a lot of times, and a lot of people, uh, and a lot of people say this, is that you know, if you could lift the veil and see all of those things going on around you, it would shock you. It would absolutely shock you about all the different things and beings and all of it that is around us right now. And certainly it would. Um, and then there's the ideal, <clears throat> excuse me, idea of doppelgangers and going back a second, Sarah, uh, on the, uh, time travelers photo. Yeah. Uh, the, the time traveling hipster, he does look like uh Johnny Enoch. And I I like to point that out during my, uh, during my presentations, when I do this, give Johnny a little ribbon, good guy. Um, but, um, doppelgangers now we're not talking like, um, celebrity lookalikes and we're not talking the whole idea of the evil twin there's a lot of cases in which uh doppelgangers are some sort of of time slip and we're going to touch on this uh, a little bit more down the road i just want to throw it out there right now that you know there uh, there could be you know if, if we're saying that there is a parallel universe running in reverse time then, if that is really a duplicate of this universe, you know, as above, so below, we're mirroring and it's like almost an exact mirror, but running in reverse. And that would mean that parallel universe, there is another us running around somewhere. So, do we occasionally cross paths with that version of us? Um, I'm just going to throw the question out there because uh, there's a lot of. Um, when we talked multiverse earlier, the idea that every time you make a decision, it spawns off another universe. I'm not, I'm not on board with that because I, there would just be like infinite number of crazy universes out there for each individual person. Uh, you know, not even, uh, you know, the whole collective because, you know, me just taking a sip of this water right now would be a decision that somehow spawned off another universe. So I'm not on board with that one. The idea that there are other universes out there, fine, because there could actually be physical universes out there, not just this idea of you know, spawning off all these things. And that's what Michio gets into in parallel worlds: uh, actual physical, different universes that universes that may uh, live and thrive, or others that die immediately because they just didn't have the right components to create the cosmos that, you know, we see out there today in ours, it's almost like, okay, with earth, we have our whole Goldilocks zone around the sun that made it perfect for life. Well, perhaps the same thing with the entire universe, maybe it ended up in the Goldilocks zone of something even bigger that we can't even imagine, uh, to be able to create what we have here. In case that wasn't a side, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, with, with the, uh, with the doppelgangers, there may be on that, parallel plane, another version of us. It's just however that would look like running in reverse. And we may encounter them from time to time. The djinn. So this is getting a little bit more into what some of these beings, when we talk ultra-terrestrials, could actually be. So uh, the djinn have a lot of similarities to the uh, shadow people. They have... I guess you could say uh, common ancestry because their origins of folklore uh, really come from the the same, uh, kind of the same sources. When we talk about, uh, you know, like ancient Sumer uh, and the way that they looked at um, what they called Udugs back then, you know, this idea of they had good demons and bad demons. They had trix, trickster demons as well as sometimes kind of skirted the line. Sometimes they'd be good, sometimes they'd be bad, um, which is really kind of what the djinn is. Uh, and of course, I always talk about Alu, uh, one of the evil udugs, who is uh, really kind of like a precursor of the whole idea of the shadow entities. No, no eyes, no nose, no mouth, no face, nothing. Just you know, all blank, all black actually had no arms and legs, would hover over people at night. It would be a binding uh, Udug. And of course, then you would invoke a good Udug to do battle uh, with Alu. And so these are kind of the origins of where like the jinn came out of. And so the question then becomes, okay, where do these Udug, jinn, again, shadow entities, where do they originate? Where do they come from? Uh, And the thing about, Jinn is, in their legends and lore, they move around so quickly, popping up here, popping up there, that you know, a lot of people believe that, okay, they are some sort of interdimensional being because they're able to zip in and out of locations extremely, extremely fast. So are they going to their plane of existence, which may be outside the river of time, and able to choose a spot to go back to what seems like to us immediately? So That's the legend of the jinn. Then we have fairies. Oh, no, no, that's actually um, that's actually Brownie, the Brown's mascot, <laughs> who is a type of elf, which would be a type of a fairy. <laughs> um, no, we're actually talking about these type of fairies. Sort of. Okay, so these are more of like the type of ones that I've seen, which you might call light sprites, will-o'-wisps, whatever. Um, you know, the little... The little dancing balls of light that uh, that we see out in the woods, and I've had a couple of occasions to uh, to see these in kind of intimate ways. One you know, was on the goldenrod showboat, where it was one single one. Uh, it was illuminated a yellow ball of light. Start off as a bar of light on the ground. You could kind of see the wavering of the uh, what I believe were the wings before it took off, and then became this ball of light all across the showroom. And then there was Hinsdale House, where it was like little blue lights into September, not firefly season, into September. And again, blue, which you only get those down in the Carolinas, and this is New York, um, just filtering on down from the woods. And uh, yeah, you know, some of them were blinking. The ones that were in the air were, were twinkling. The ones on the ground were doing like this slow glow in, glow out. Okay, so what are these things? Where are they coming from? Uh, you know, if these are the fairies, you know, are they coming from some other dimensional place? Now, when we were in Ireland, and I know Victoria and Jen were, uh, were down there in the chat. Both of them were on this walk. Uh, You know, the the fairy woods, this was amazing. It's like, okay, if there are fairies in Ireland, this is, this is where they live. Because this was just Absolutely beautiful. And this is what we think of, of where the fairies are living, out in these sorts of locales. Uh, You know, absolutely amazing. So with the legends, then we get to, you know, the fairies kidnapping people and taking them to various locations. You know, the ring forts were considered, you know, off-limits. You didn't want to go to Ring Forts because if you hung out there, uh, you might get kidnapped into the fairy realm, which is something that we talked about with the um very disturbing story of Michael and Bridget Cleary from the late uh eighteen hundreds, where he had thought that his wife had actually been kidnapped into the fairy realm, and that what had was now living with him was a doppelganger from that fairy room. She liked Bridget. liked to hang out at the ring forts, uh, and and this is one where all you see you kind of see the ring, and it's all overgrown. There are other ones that uh, you can actually see more of the fort itself. Uh, this one is a lot more disheveled and overgrown, but it's these type of ones here that seem to be more prevalent for uh, the type of uh, fairy activity. And so, where did these fairies take you to? So. I have a uh, a book here, "Passport to Magonia uh, by Jacques Vallee, and it's actually a, uh, a rather important book when it comes to uh, this type of this type of research. When you're looking into the fairy realm, different dimensions, where do they go? He repeats the story in his book "Dimensions." Actually, so he takes a dimensional story, you know, concerning uh, fairies and puts it into the book dimensions. So let's see. Some comments are uh, down here. Uh, finding fairy rings in Ohio. Yeah, I think there are some out in my front yard, actually.
1: <laughs>
0: Just the way that some of the uh, the grass started growing up, and uh, so and yes, yeah, Sarah, these creatures do seem to be rather mercurial in nature. And uh, and yeah, that that's exactly the idea there. Sometimes they're kidnapped and re- replaced with changelings, and not just the babies. That was the whole idea with Bridget Cleary was that uh, she had gone to the to the ring fort, and they believed that she had been kidnapped into the fairy realm and re- and replaced with a changeling. So I wanted to uh, to read a little section out of here about the uh, about the gentry, which is basically a type of fairy folk. So uh, and this reads. The Gentry take a great interest in the affairs of men, and they always stand for justice and right. Sometimes they fight amongst themselves. They take young and intelligent people who are interesting. They take the whole body and soul, transmuting the body to a body like their own. I asked them once if they ever died, and they said, no, we are always kept young. Mr. Wentz, once they take you and you taste food in their place, you cannot come back. They never taste anything, salt, or I'm sorry, (laughs) let me reread that. Uh, They never taste anything salt, but eat fresh meat and drink pure water. They marry and have children, and one of them could marry a good and pure mortal. They are able to appear in different forms. One once appeared to me and seemed only four feet high and stoutly built. He said, I am bigger than I appear to you now. We can make the old, young, the big, small, and the small, big. And that is actually... So it's in Passport to Mogonya, and again it's in Dimensions by Jack by Jacques Fillet. But the story itself actually comes from uh, W. I. Evans-Wentz, who in the early nineteen hundred early nineteen hundreds did a lot of this work on the Irish fairy lore and kind of you know basically organized it and put it all together in, in, into something that was uh, you know very readable. And so I put a link in the Connected Universe group. Uh, earlier today, so you could take a look at one of his piece of, pieces of work because it was out there in the uh, the Gutenberg project. So you can take a look at that and kind of read through uh, some of the different fairy stories and fairy lore and things like that. And so um, and there are a lot of different reports here, but it's interesting that um, so the idea here is that the Gentry or this type of fairy folk you know would, would take you into their realm. And if you ate something there, basically you were stuck. So the idea is, okay, if they take you, um, don't, don't eat anything. <laughs> yeah. Don't eat their food. Yeah, that apparently is is kind of the key, at least for for these types. Um, by eating whatever it is, you kind of implant. It's almost like um, you implant that code with inside of you. And now you're part of their realm and can't get back out. So... We could go down the the route of simulated universe with that one <laughs> you've put the, it's like um for those that have watched the matrix it's like um the the cookies that the oracle had they were basically uh you know it was putting code within within inside her anybody that she gave the cookie to it was uh it was giving them a, a piece of code within the simulation so um and, and same thing with the whole red pill blue pill thing you know that was again a piece of code to either you're going to stay in the matrix, or uh, you know the red pill was going to kick you out. So kind of the same thing idea. You're brought into uh, you know this this kind of back door to this other this other world, into you know this other dimension on our plane of uh, on our uh, planet, but on a different plane of existence. And you eat that, and you're done. Or at least you're stuck there. Uh, But it's also interesting where they talk about that they can change the way they look. So within their realm, they're bigger. But then they come out to our plane of existence and they may be smaller. So they can change their appearance, which is very interesting as well. So now where do we find you know, these different entrances to these different worlds and realms, because you know, they, again, it's really all around us all the time. And we see things happen in our homes. We might see them happen at, you know, different historic locations. You might see it happen out in the woods, you know, all those sorts of places. Of course, we talk about things like ley lines or total currents, um, you know, earth's energy grid, that sort of thing. And those, you know, kind of hotspot nodes of energy, know, create areas where a lot more of this activity seems to be prevalent, you know, like Bermuda Triangle, Alaska Triangle, you know, those sorts of places. Stonehenge. Of course, I got to throw up Drombeg here. And the energy is absolutely palpable. Um, This is something, you know, that was uh, interviewing about uh, last week while we didn't have uh, class last week. It's talking about, you know, some of these different hotspot areas, you know, uh, you know, Stonehenge, which has had a lot of different UFO sightings and things like that. But um, they've also had, we've talked about the the Stonehenge hippies here, you know, where the blue light flashed and then those, the young adults were gone and all that was left were their backpacks. You know, what happened? You know, did, what kicked off whatever portal or Stargate, whatever it may have been, did it kick them to another place in the cosmos or did it just transfer them to another dimension here? So at draw bag here, Uh, You know, this is a location that, you know, has a substantial amount of energy. We absolutely loved it there. Um, You know, everybody who was was there that day uh, definitely enjoyed it. And, um, you know, what I found interesting about it was the, you know, the resonance that was there inside of you. You stand in the center of the circle and you just talk. I mean, for one, you could feel the energy, but two, you just talk and you could feel all of it bouncing back at you. And that's, you know, at a rundown, disheveled circle today. Imagine thousands of years ago, you know, when these stones were not weathered down, there were more stones back then too. Uh, this is missing a few of the stones. So, you know, back in its heyday, um, that energy would be even more prevalent. So... Did this serve, you know, as an entrance way? If it had all of this energy, did these circles serve as an entrance way for some of these ultra-terrestrials to come into our plane of existence? So I know there are some comments down here, um, parallels with Greek and Roman mythology. Yeah, and that's and that is an interesting, uh, Sarah. How you know a lot of these different myths and legends you find throughout. All time. Um, They all kind of pull from each other. They all have, seem to have the same type of origins. And as it's gone from one culture to the next, to the next, to the next, it it keeps that root. It kind of changes the story a little bit. Yeah, in nature, look for certain doorways and trees, hills, and more. I'm going to put up the the banner here so that you can get the settings right. And uh, yeah, when you go out to some of these different... um, like the woods, you know, the woods are always a mysterious place. And that's something we're going to be talking about. Uh, first episode, Shadow Dimensions, season two, because we are going to, it's a Hinsdale episode uh, for the most part. So it starts off the hypnosis session. And then we go to Hinsdale and we have the experiences with the blue lights coming down and we're, we're talking about those things that happen out there. You know, it's a very, sure, there's the house, the hauntings that go on within the house. There are, you know, shadow entities there. In the house, on the property, all of that. But there seems to be more going on with the land, especially when you go back up into the woods. And there's a distinct area there um, that you cross over coming away from the house. As you just before you start up the hill, there's a complete energy shift. And this was actually, this was very, um, what should I say? Um, we were able to record that. I'll just say that. And, um, you know, that's really where those blue lights came down to was around, you know, that barrier, for lack of a better term. And so that's where you see a lot of these different things happen. Now, of course, you know, things occur and happen within our modern buildings as well. You know, we, we have our hauntings and other things that happen within that. Um, but it seems to be more so... Uh, out in nature and where you know our ancients have set up things like the stone circles you know where they knew how to truly tap into the ground and harness that energy the right way you know or places that have had previous energy in the past that something's happened uh, and, the, and the humans are no longer there but you know, like the ring forts where other entities are now using that as an access point so okay, let's talk about other things that um, that may also be considered ultra-terrestrials. Things that may, I mean, they could also be using things like this for for their entrance ways as well. Black-eyed children. Yeah, I know. In my uh, book, I Walk in the Shadows*, I do say that this is or these things are not shadow people. I get asked that one a lot. You know, are are black-eyed children shadow people? No. Um, a lot of differences between a shadow person and a, and a black-eyed child. Uh, you know, f- for one, you have all these, you know, distinct features of it's a child. Um, you know, Eyes, nose, mouth, they talk uh, verbally, you know, they're dressed in very distinct clothing. Uh, where with shadow people, you don't get those details. You, you might get glowing eyes, but you're not seeing nose, mouth, ears, you're not getting... Um, you know, eyebrows, you just don't see that sort of thing. You'll get like the vague outline of clothing, where it's just, which is when we see things like fedora, top hat, all that sort of thing with with the hat wearing entities. But shadow entities are more vague. Plus they kind of come and go as they please. They will enter into pretty much any building uh, or location at at will. But black eyed children have this weird thing where you know they come up to your door and they might come up to your car and they request access. Um, you have to give them permission to enter. They just can't walk in on their own. They do it in a very monotone, creepy way. So not the same thing as shadow entities. But this is the thing that I always say about that. I do believe that they are some sort of interdimensional being. They've come from some other plane of existence. So in that sense, they have some you know, some things in common with shadow entities as far as perhaps our mode of transportation. Now, given that, are the black-eyed children then an extraterrestrial or an ultra-terrestrial? And you could really make a case for each because we don't know their true origins. You know, people talk about, um, you know, when they have an experience with a black-eyed child, that, you know, once they've terminated the conversation, They've either turned from the child or they've closed the door for a second and then suddenly decide, no, I want to talk to him again. Or no, I do want to let him in. They open the door or they turn around and boom, they're gone. They're looking up and down the street, nowhere to be seen. So where did they go? Um, You know, they pop into that other plane of existence from whence they came. So again, I believe there's some sort of interdimensional being. And if they are, then that does open the door for them being some sort of ultra-terrestrial from some other dimension or plane of existence here on Earth. And given that they look so much like humans and they have that whole weird monotone thing going on, of course, the black eyes and all of that, you know, going back to, boom, you know, the Anita Project, are they from that? Parallel universe running in reverse time. You know, is that why they're so weird and creepy and monotone? Is because perhaps whatever's going on in this other universe parallel to ours, maybe something with the whole reverse time. I mean, maybe, you know, if they're coming over here and they're getting in sync with our time, that does something with their whole internal workings that, okay, now they can speak like we do, but it doesn't jive. It doesn't work quite right, you know, because they're used to working in a different manner. I don't know. I mean, we're just kind of, you know, throwing ideas out here. You know, but black-eyed children, if truly interdimensional beings, then yes, it could actually be ultra-terrestrials from here. Uh, then there's also the sasquatch when we talk cryptids really any any of these cryptids that we talk about uh sasquatch skinwalker's Wendigo, dogman chupacabra um, you know any of these because they are so elusive uh, you know people uh are talking about now well maybe you know bigfoot is an alien okay you know, maybe he is uh you know but people have been reporting you know this type of creature on earth for really thousands of years. You, you can trace it back that far. It seems to become, any of this stuff has become more of a modern phenomena, right? But reports of beings like this, with like the Yeti, um, have been going back years and years and years and years. Same thing with, you know, when we go back to, to shadow people, shadow entities. Um, you know, people think it's a more modern phenomena. And it's really just because there's more information at our disposal now. You know, we're able to Google something and boom, the information pops up. Um, You know, 25, almost 30 years ago, you could get into um, uh, a bulletin board or a forum or something like Yahoo groups popped up and talk with others about the experiences that you had, where prior to that, 40 years ago, uh, you weren't you didn't have that at your disposal. You know, you didn't have those groups. You didn't have access to that kind of information. You know, people kind of laughed and scoffed at the whole UFO thing in the 40s and 50s when UFOs had been reported long, 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 long before that. So, okay, you have these different cryptids uh, that have been reported for all of these years, but they're so very elusive. Are Is, is it really just that... Their numbers are so low that you know, were not able to find them, like the idea of the woolly mammoth in Alaska that perhaps there's so few of them these days and it's such a remote area of the world uh that people really don't get out to a lot of these areas there you know people don't realize Alaska's two and a half times the size of Texas it's massive, and most of it you know is really uncharted territory, so are there you know some woolly mammoths hanging out there? Is that where? Sasquatch are hanging out at these very, very remote areas. That's possible. But there is an idea out there that not only could they be extraterrestrials, but they could also be some sort of interdimensional being phasing in and out of our plane of existence. And again, I throw it out there. I know it sounds repetitive, but if that is true, then that gives us the possibility that these different cryptids, and I run through the whole list again, could actually be some sort of ultra terrestrial, much like our fairies coming into this plane of existence for a little while, doing whatever in the world it is that they need to do, and then going back to their world again. So I want to briefly talk about. We only got about ten minutes left in the class. I do you want to briefly talk about uh, time slips? Uh, and uh, I guess that's Deborah Olet. Yeah, if, if you could change your settings, uh, that would be great. Uh, shadow folks visit visit you when you're a teen. Yeah, um, it's a, a fascinating phenomenon because that's that's where you know kind of my origins started were visits that I had when I was young. And then uh, Sarah's saying the lack of physical evidence seems suggestive of interdimensionality. Where are the bodies and the bones? Um, and that's a good question. You know, where are they? I mean, we see the footprints, right? Um, but the bones are, are kind of lacking. So I do want to talk about time slips here uh, real quick. It's kind of important as we you know go back. I've mentioned Anita a few different times. Anita Project, Ice Cube Project, because I think this, is, uh, this research here is really important as we are actually starting to finally have science show us and prove that, okay, there are parallel universes to ours. There are other dimensions. There are other realities to ours. And so what happens when they take those findings and try to like reverse engineer it, right? Okay, so we're seeing evidence of parallel universe running in reverse time. How do we access it? How do we take what we found and be able to access it um, from ours? you know, that's where they're going to go with it. And once they do that, that in a sense can potentially make us right now, modern day, current day, the ultra terrestrials that we see. So if you're able to harness time, what does that end up looking like? Well, before we get into harnessing time, you know, we do actually see uh time slips from, from time to time. So not necessarily, in a sense, I guess you could say, in a sense, ultra-terrestrial, but um, not purposefully. And I, I think that has to be taken into consideration. That, um, some of these, like when we're talking the, the fairies, or even you know, the Sasquatch or the black-eyed children, uh, you know, a lot of these shadow entities. Know, the, the one that I experienced when I was a child and it you know, was from another space whatever that is you know they're purposefully coming into our dimension our plane of existence to do a variety of different things the one that showed up in my bedroom uh, it was to study humanity you know they wanted to learn more about uh you know what was going on with humans picked in my room that night okay but others, are really kind of by accident. So you take the uh, the example from uh, Johann Wolf- Wolfgang uh, Goethe, where he was heading to Dresdenheim, and he was going to meet up with a young woman, apparently. And as he was walking down the road, on the other side was this man in a gray suit that was gold trimmed who suddenly disappeared on him and of course he found that quite bizarre and odd years later he's walking down the road in the opposite direction and looked down and realized he was the guy in the in the gray suit with the gold trim so essentially he had witnessed some sort of time slip you know people call it a doppelganger uh, incident and I've covered it in the doppelgangers class. And this sort of is, but really, it's a time slip in which, you know, he had witnessed himself. You know, you also have uh, the Versailles time slip, where you had the, um, you know, the the couple of uh, school teachers from England who are walking through the Palace of Versailles like a hundred years ago, and all of a sudden they got a glimpse of what Versailles looked like during the time of Marie Antoinette. All of a sudden people that were walking around them, you know, had totally different garb. Um, you know, there was a there was a plow there in the garden that hadn't been there in a hundred years and all kinds of bizarre things that they saw and witnessed for a short period of time. So it kind of bled over. Again, some sort of time slip. So if these sorts of things are already prevalent and we're finding evidence of time running in reverse somewhere on Earth in a dimension that we can't normally see, then at some point our science is going to say, hey, wait a minute, let's try to actually make this happen. And while you're going to have some people that kind of deny everything that we're, we are getting into, at some point the science is going to catch up with what we've been talking about all along. You know, we've already seen here recently where um, some of our science is saying, oh yeah, the earth has a consciousness. Oh really? Yeah. Um, you know, those that you call, you know, the, the woo woo people or whatever uh, we've been, we've been talking about that for um, millennia, um, you know, or that, you uh, you know the consciousness goes off into the cosmos after after death okay well they didn't really say where in the cosmos but just the fact that they're acknowledging that the cos- that the uh, consciousness goes somewhere is a nice first step for for science uh in that regard and i just find it you know ex- uh, you know kind of fascinating how you know hundreds of years ago it was it was the reverse you know where you had um religion and belief and uh spirituality and all that basically um you know ostracizing science and then all of a sudden the science takes over and they're ostracizing spirituality and belief and all that it's like guys there, there's a happy there's a happy middle here where you, where you can work together you know one can help prove the other it's all related it's all connected just you know t- bring bring it t- together now guys <laughs> And I think that's where some of this is ultimately going to go. That as we dive down this, uh, this rabbit hole of research, we're going to start to discover where uh, you know, some of these beings came from, you know, where they go, you know, whether that's, you know, the fairies or, um, you know, with the Alaska triangle, they talked about the, you know, the kid that ended up with the little people and then, you know, was transported, you know, uh, out near, um, oh gosh, which mountain was it? But in any case, you know, a, a group of hunters found him. And, you know, there's, he was out in the snow. No tracks near him whatsoever. He just kind of like magically appeared right there. And he talks about this fascinating story of being inside the mountain and meeting, you know, the little people. And there was this girl there who had been there for 40 years, but she hadn't aged. All this strange stuff. I think we're going to start finding those doorways and those portals to these other locations and other worlds in other dimensions. So, all right. I think that, uh, that will certainly do it. And, um, yeah, we have to look at quantum mechanics for parallel dimensions where these, uh, cryptids come from. And, um, yeah, that's kind of what we've been talking about, uh, this evening. And when we talk about the, the quantum mechanics part of it, um, there was a, um, an article that I just posted it the other day where you know, we're getting closer and closer and closer to figuring that out. So the whole idea of quantum entanglement, you know, while it had been there in theory, we just got two atomic clocks to become entangled. And that's really kind of like the the first step. You know, we had all the theories, been talking about for a while. You know, people talk about quantum computing, but Actually, we, we don't have a true quantum computer yet. You know, they're trying to develop it. They've been trying to develop it for a long time. But a true quantum computer doesn't exist yet. But the fact that they got two atomic clocks to actually become entangled, that's kind of really one, I'll say one of the first steps because just the fact that they were able to pick up on parallel universe running in reverse time. Okay, that's finally like acknowledgement You know, we're we're picking up on something else that's there. Uh, The whole idea of uh, entanglement, Einstein-Rosen bridge. Again, that's a theory. We've never actually opened up an Einstein-Rosen bridge and proven that. But our science has been trying to do that, and I think when that happens, um, you know, when you're able, when we're able to actually finally open up one of those wormholes, and I and I believe that in our far ancient past we are already doing that because we see the idea of stargates and portals and things like that all over um our ancient world egypt significantly um so it's really kind of like a rediscovery and i think when we rediscover that yes yeah, sure we'll be able to go off to other places within the universe but i think we're going to find a lot of those locations actually open up here on earth to other dimensions and realms and worlds and we're going to we're going to find some of these fairies and cryptids um black eyed children in all of these different things that are, that are out there. So, all right, everybody that will do it for this evening. Really appreciate you joining me once again, again, no class next week. It'll be the week after because I'm going to be on the road to Atlanta. So for those that are listening to the podcast later, please join us every Wednesday night, except for this September (laughs) where it's every other night. Uh, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, ConnectedUniversePortal.com. i will do it, everybody. Again, thank you very much. Until next time, if time really exists.